0: Listening to the official podcast of the Congregation, A Place of Discovery with Pastor Tim Story. So great to be here. So we're on the series of the Kingdom of God. Someone say the Kingdom of God. So Tim did a phenomenal job this first week, and Tim did Matthew 4:17. He said, Jesus said, Repent. Someone say, Repent, for the kingdom of God has come. And he also talked about 2 Timothy 3, people having a sketchy form of godliness but denying its power. So in this church, we do not deny the power of the kingdom of God. Can someone say amen? amen. The second week, Pastor Stefan came in and he said that heaven and earth meets in us. You remember that? Because we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. And if the temple, if we are the temple, then the church, us, are the gateway into the kingdom of God. So because we were in God, everywhere we go, the kingdom of God goes with us. So this is very, very important, and there are steps in the kingdom of God. And this morning, I want to teach you those steps because I believe every one of us needs to operate in the power, someone say power, of God's kingdom. I love power. I really do. When I came into Christianity, I was like, show me the stuff. Don't just talk to me. Don't just preach to me. I want to see some demonstration of the power of God. Because they said he was a mighty God. He was a great God. And I go, well, show me the stuff. Someone say, show me, show me the stuff. So if heaven and earth meet in us, then we have been given the privilege and the divine gift of reconciliation. So we are to be reconcilers. The second Corinthians 5, if that's up there for me, thank you. Uh, 5, 17 through 21 says this, let me read this scripture. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Someone say, I am a new creation. The old has gone and the new has come. All this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us, someone say, gave us, the message of reconciliation. So we are anointed to bring reconciliation To people back to God. He says all this is from God. The God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ. Not counting men's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. So we are therefore ambassadors. Someone say ambassadors. Can you imagine that you are an ambassador of Jesus Christ in your world? You are anointed and you are set apart and you are called with a divine purpose. Man, someone say, that's good news. So as though God was making his appeal through us, be reconciled to God, God made him who knew no sin to be sin for us so that in him we become the righteousness of God. So like I said, this church does not deny the power of the kingdom of god i am so glad that i found the power of the kingdom of god in my early christian life i've told this story many times that uh, as we were saved and and redeemed and uh we were just you know so new at this i remember when i showed up in sunday school And I raised up my hand and they were talking about the things of Jesus. And I honestly said out loud in my nightclub clothes, because I wore my nightclub clothes to the to the church. But I raised up my hand and I said, Show me the stuff. And they said, What stuff? I said, I want to see the demonstration of Jesus in the church. And they said, Oh, you're just you're just on fire for God right now. It's not gonna last. You know, you're, you're just, uh, you're new at this, you know, come with us. You know, we're just sitting here waiting for the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I said, there's got to be more. I've come from the world. I've come from excitement. I've come from money and I'm coming in to see the kingdom of God. And I'm, you know, in my twenties and I thought, no, I want to see the stuff. Someone say, show me the stuff. So I began to ask God for his presence I began to ask him for the manifestation of his presence because I wanted to feel and touch God. And so the Lord sent me to Florida, and I got baptized in the Spirit in Florida. And when I came home, as I told you the story before, I began to talk with my little brother, Timmy. Now, Timmy was a rebel. He didn't want to hear it. He had his big afro and his buck teeth and his big ears. And uh, I was grooming him, helping him at that time. And I just started to tell him about this power of God's kingdom. And he just said, you know, you have been like acting like a demon for 10 years. You come in the house. Now your Mother Teresa. Why am I listening to you? And. I just kept on him for about six months. We were going back and forth for six months. We were debating this thing. And then one night he said, if you really think that there is something beyond what we're seeing in the church, he said, I want you to prove it to me. I said, okay, and we were at a restaurant. So I remember I said, let's go to mom's house. We went to my mother's house and I began to pray and I asked God for his presence. And I said, God, I want you to baptize my little brother, Timmy, like you did me in Florida. And I want you to demonstrate to him that you are real and that you have power. And I began to pray for him. And Tim got on his knees with his little friend, Marty, who was Catholic. And they got on their knees. And we, we were looking at Channel 40, Christian TV. So we didn't know what else to do. So we raised up our hands because we saw them raise up, our hand, the, the, raise up their hands. And so raised up our hands. And I said, God, get him. Zap them. I mean, people, that was the prayer. It was that simple. God understands our language. And so little Timmy was on his knees with his hands up in the living room, and God zapped him. The presence of God came into the storied living room like the book of Acts. Now, you know, a lot of preachers exaggerate. I'm not exaggerating. It was like a rushing, mighty wind. Kelly, it hit him so hard, and it hit Marty so hard that Marty literally got up and started running out of the living room. And uh, I said, Marty, where are you going? And he had the rosary in his hand. He says, you know, Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for our sinners now at the hour of our death. Amen. I said, Marty, it isn't mary it's jesus the presence of jesus is here (laughs) mary's a good woman she was chosen to have jesus you know she was always looking so pretty and blue and everything so but it's jesus and he's here and so marty came back and we we prayed and we cried now listen tim was 17 years old i was 23 and what a privilege when we first come into Christianity that we had the privilege to touch the kingdom of God from, like, we were so stupid, so ignorant. We were, like, so green behind the ears. We, had, we didn't know the scriptures. We didn't know Bible. We never went to Bible school. And yet God came and just came in like a rushing wind, like the book of Acts. And I wondered last night as I was teaching and. uh Yesterday I was teaching and I was praying for the church last night. I began to have tears in my eyes because when I was reminiscing through the story. And I was thinking, wow, Lord, why did you, why did you pour yourself out so strong? He says, because I've called you to be reconcilers. You and Tim, were going to reconcile and go all over the world. And you will have the ministry of Reconciliation. But you cannot go on your own. You can't go with education. You can't go with personality. You can't go with even the gifts that I've given you. It is not by might nor my power, but it is by my spirit, says the Lord. So can you imagine God using such a dysfunctional family? We were so full of pain. My father is suffering from alcoholism. He was an adulteress. He had gone out on my mom several times. I mean, it was so much pain. There was incense in my family. There was so much pain. And when we reached out to God, he came in like a rushing mighty wind in our living room. It wasn't even in the church. Nobody had laid hands on us. We hardly didn't hear about the gospel that much, but it was right in our living room. And it was so powerful that the revival had started. Now, it was very interesting, because I went to an Assemblies of God church. Now, they were charismatic, believing, knowing that you know, God's power, God heals, God restores, but they would talk about it all the time, but I didn't see that much of it. I didn't see the demonstration in the church. But they would talk about it, and then they would always say, oh, you know, three years ago, we laid hands on sister so-and-so, and and her ears opened, or, you know, this happened, and somebody was healed with the flu or whatever, and we're like, hey, everybody's clapping. Hallelujah, praise the Lord. And I'm sitting there like, is that it? Like, sister so-and-so, like, isn't she gone? Didn't she die? Like, Like, is this it? Is this the power? I mean, aren't we charismatics? Aren't we? Don't we have the stuff? Don't we have the juice? Where is it? And oh, they didn't know what to do with me in church. (laughs) And I'd get my little my little sidekick, Timmy, and we would go together and we would just be like these little partners and we would just go, Wait, you know, we want to see more. We want to experience in the church what we experience in our living room. We want the stuff. Someone said we want the stuff. So we learned early on that God taught us that he was our father. Jesus was our redeemer and our righteousness. So when people questioned us in our church and said, who are you to come in and bringing the flow of the kingdom of God? You guys are a dysfunctional Brown family. You don't have any credibility. You don't have any credentials. But God said, I choose who I want. I take the foolish things to confine the wise. So they prayed, this church prayed for revival for years. It really did. Again, we used to to hear about it. We'd pray. We'd have little prayer meetings. You know, we want the revival. We want the outpouring of the Holy Spirit in our church. The outpouring of the Holy Spirit came in the story living room. The story kids got up and went to church and started to reach out and started to breathe life and started to move in the power of the Holy Spirit and they did not like it. In the beginning, they loved it because wow, you know, we were on fire. They go, boy, those story kids are really on fire. Tim went to seminary, he came back. I had a Bible study for five years. He was my first guest speaker at my Bible study. And we had a Bible study for five years. We had about 70 people in and out of my mom's house because, like I said, it started there. The fire started there, and we just opened up the house, and people came from our neighborhoods. People came from L.A. People came from everywhere, and I led that Bible study while Tim was in seminary. When Tim came back from seminary, our church hired him as a singles pastor. Isn't that cute? He was a singles pastor. And they gave him room C, It was a small little room upstairs, room C. Well, let me tell you, after we started praying for the sick and we started bringing the demonstration of the kingdom of God, they had to move us from C to D to A because the room needed to be a lot bigger. And then one day we went to the pastor and said, can we take the chapel oh, no one, we haven't uh, done meeting that chapel in many, many years. We have this big sanctuary over here now and we put a lot of money into this. Are you sure you kids want the chapel? We want the chapel. We've got the stage, we've got pews, we've got altars. I go, Tim, don't worry, I I was the negotiator. I said, I'm gonna get you that chapel. So I went in my pastor's office and I have green eyes with long eyelashes and I was batting my eyes and I said, I said, Pastor, you know, um, I think this is the next move of God. You know, we're going to, I think, you know, we're, we're growing out of these classes. And, you know, if you need, you know, we'll pay rent. What do you want us to do? He goes, no, no, no. This is your church. You're members of our church. He gave us permission to get the chapel. Tim Story gets up and starts preaching on Wednesday nights in that chapel. They started coming from Whittier Boulevard. They started coming from all the parties. And they started coming from all the bikers, all the Hispanics, all the white people, all the brown people, everybody started coming to the chapel in Whittier. And Tim was preaching, I was laying hands on people, and people were getting healed and saved and delivered in that little chapel. It got so, you know, messy for the church. It got so messy for the church that what happened was they said, You guys gotta knock this off because you know you're disturbing our classes. You're disturbing the classes that are running upstairs. You're disturbing there's people in the church who's never seen people like this coming to church before. And these are rough kinds of people coming from Whittier Boulevard, and you know, this is not this is not us. This this is not where we want to be. We like our little Christian places. We like our little clubs. And we were like, whoa, this is interesting. We keep reading the Bible, and the Bible keeps saying, do what I've called you to do. You will do far greater things that I have done. And we're like, we're just following the Bible. And they just kept coming and coming and coming. There must have been probably about 30 full-time ministries that launched out of that chapel. And it was so awesome. In six months, we had probably about 100 to 75 to 100, 200 people coming on a Wednesday night. Why? Because they were watching and touching the experience of the kingdom of God. They were hungry for it. This church stands for that kind of power, amen? I want you to see it with me." And so after a while, they had these board meetings, and they said, what are we gonna do with these kids? What are we gonna do with the story kids? Because they're, they're, you know, we're glad they're saved, but they're really messing things up. And I'll never forget one time, Tim was praying for people. Uh, our pastor asked him to pray for the sick, and all the elders would pray for the sick. We would all be praying, they would be praying. And uh, so they put little Timmy there with a suit. His suit was so big, he had this weird little suit on, pinstripe suit, and with a tie, big tie. And so he was praying for the sick. And then every time he touched someone, they would, they collapsed collapse under the power of God. Well, they don't collapse under the power of God in this church. And so he was praying for them, and they'd go down. Then he'd pray for them, they went down. He'd pray for them, they went down. And all of a sudden the pastor's looking at him like, Tim's like so you go to the next one and Tim went (laughs) (laughs) I mean he was in his early 20s he touched the power of God and he started to release the power of God so there's always opposition someone say there will be opposition not everybody is going to celebrate our victories. I'll never forget one time we did a big tent meeting in Los Angeles. As we were growing in our ministry and we left that church and we went worldwide ministry and they called us to this uh, big tent meeting in Los Angeles. And there was all these gangs and there was, you know, a lot of people in heroin and cocaine was really, really, uh, really big that in, in those years and, and heroin. so. Uh, They brought the evangelist Tim Story in and he went up there and he started preaching and teaching and then he said, we're going to have demonstration. God is going to deliver people from crack. He's going to deliver people from heroin. He's going to deliver people from depression. And he said, and he yelled out, he said, I want you to come running right now. So he preached for about 30 minutes and then he commanded the people to come to the altars to be free. They were running so fast, they were jumping on the pews to the altars. Tim went down in the, uh, on, the, on the ground where the, where the uh, altar was on the floor and he started praying for these people. They were violently getting delivered. They were crying out to God. They were touching. Their families were being restored. Let me tell you, it looked like a bomb went off. Okay? The next day... Tim called me and said, wow, we got so in trouble. Some people are not going to celebrate your victories. I go, why do we get in trouble? He said, they just said, it's too much. It's too messy. I mean, we love, you know, we love what you're doing, but you got to hold that power back. Okay, so Tim says, you know what, I don't think this is for me. I said, you gotta keep going through the doors that God will open, that they're gonna receive the demonstration of God's power. We have to just keep, keep going. And uh, I'll never forget, I was in uh, uh, Big Bear one time and, and I had a group of women there and I did a big retreat there. And I was doing the same thing with the women, and I was praying for people, and I had preached, and I just called out to God. I said, God, show us your power. I said, I just ask you for the manifestation of your presence in this space. Well, here it came, and people started getting healed Women started crying, coming to the altars, people were getting delivered. I'll never forget, there was this one gal in the back, she just got out of her seat, she just jetted up, and she just ran out of the room. So I went looking for her afterwards, and she was next to a tree, and leaning on the tree, she was kind of like leaning, just just, just fearful, like this, smoking a cigarette. (laughs) And I go, hey, I said, "Uh, you wanna come back? She goes, what the hell was that? It was like that, that wind, the, the power. The... She goes, I've never seen that before. She goes, I've been a Christian for years. I sit under the God's word, but I've never seen that before. <laughs> and I said, come on back. I said, he's, he's a gentleman. I said, come on back. I said, I'm going to explain to you what is happening. I'm going to explain to you that God has mercy God has grace I'm going to explain to you I'll never forget you got so beautifully delivered that night you know because sometimes people can't handle that kind of dramatics right and uh, I remember when we started this church Tim said you know uh, Paige um, when we start this church we kind of have to like take it easy a little bit I said why I like we do this on the road all the time. He goes, well, because, you know, people are going to come in, and I don't want to freak them out. And so we need to disciple people. And he was right. He goes, they're going to come from everywhere. They're not going to come from churches. And, and we're going to disciple them, and we're going to bring them through his word. And then we're going to teach them how to worship. And then we're going to teach them how to be faithful. And then we're going to teach them who God is. And then we're going to teach them the power. How many of you know it's time for the power? We need to teach our young people God's power of the kingdom of God. People, we have reached 19 and 20. We need to give to that center because we need for young people to feel and know the presence of God, amen? So we don't just need to talk about God. We need to know God. Let's not talk about him. Let's know him. We don't just need to come to church to meet people, although it's nice to meet you. But I want to see the face of God. I want to see him here. I want to see him in this space. We don't just want to hear the stories, the Bible stories and clap. And say, Amen. Hallelujah. And then Go have lunch but we want to walk in his mighty presence. Listen, it's one thing to know his promises, but it's another thing to walk in his promises. It's another thing to know about prayer, but it's another thing to lay hands on someone and watch the healing power of God heal through your life. You know, sometimes you don't come to church. You can't come at you. You can't get to Tim. You can't get to different pastors. Sometimes you're going to be, you are, you bring the kingdom of God right into your world. If your child is sick, your husband is sick, you need to lay hands on your husband and your child, and you need to release the power of the Holy Spirit in your family's life. And then you can call the doctor. But you release it first. There is an order. Someone say Order. There's an order in God's kingdom, and I want to share this with you. In 1 John 5, it says this, this is the one who came with water. Now listen to this, this is very profound. I'm gonna teach you God's word. There's an order for what's happening in the kingdom, and we all have to follow this order. So it says this, this is the one who came by water, talking of Jesus, and blood, Jesus Christ. He did not come by water only, but by water and blood. And it is the spirit who testifies because the spirit is true. Someone say the spirit Spirit." is true. So for there are three, someone say three. There are three that testify that you are the sons of God. There are three that will testify and demonstrate and prepare you to walk in God's kingdom. There are three. Someone say three. There is the spirit, there is water, and there's blood. We accept man's testimony, but God's testimony is far greater. What do you mean by that? Oh, we accept when people say, "Yeah, I'm a born-again Christian. Yeah, I'm a Christian. Yeah, I've been a Christian for several years. Yeah, I go to X, I go to so-and-so's church, and you know, and I, I've seen a lot of wonderful things, and I have God's peace, and I have, you know, God's. I know He's, He's, He's. Uh, you know, I know He exists. So we, we hear those testimonies, and those are great. But how many of you want to see the testimony in that person's life, the testimony of God's power in their life? You see, that's the thing. Why, that's why Tim has done over 75 countries, and they've called him from all over the world because he has never backed down from when the Spirit of God comes over him and he tells them, Tim, I want you to do this. I want you to say this. I want you to lay hands. I want you to break yokes. I want you to break the power of darkness over the cities. And he never back down. And you will never back down. Someone say, I will never back down. So in other words, the demonstration of God's kingdom is greater than any man's testimony. So listen, Jesus said like this, come after me, didn't he? So we did. The Spirit of God apprehended you, and Jesus said, come after me. And the Spirit of God apprehended you, and you received salvation. So every one of us went to an altar, and we received, and through the blood of Jesus, that's the first, Through the blood of Jesus, you are made righteous in God. Through the blood of Jesus, the sacrifice of Jesus, shed his blood, you became the righteousness of God. That's step one. The second, water. God says, Jesus says like this, follow me. And what did Jesus do before he went into his ministry? He went and got baptized by John the Baptist. And so God said, I want you to receive me Jesus says, receive me, and then I want you to be baptized in water. What happens when you're baptized in water? You come from water. He says, what you do is you emerge the old man, and you come up a new man. He says, I have created a new creation in you. So you go down, you come up, and when you come up, you're a new man, and you're coming into a new view of the world. You're coming in with the eyes of the kingdom of God because now the kingdom of God is in you and the kingdom of God should be operating through you. Say, that's good news. My third, he says, follow after me. Then the spirit of truth will come, he says. Jesus said to his disciples, be baptized in the spirit. Some of us are not baptized in the spirit. You have been redeemed you have the spirit in you and that's the spirit Holy Spirit dwells in you you are the temple of the Holy Spirit but there is a baptism someone say baptism there is a baptism of the Spirit that will come upon you so that you can become a reconciler and that you can have power man that's good news be baptized in the Holy Spirit, and be reconciled to God. I close with this. The Spirit is not just power. It's not just energy, which it is, or a force. Someone say force. But the Spirit is intelligence. The Spirit, see, when you're in the Spirit, when you are operating with the Holy Spirit, you are operating in the will of God. And when you are operating in the will of God, anointed by the spirit, you will see things that you've never seen before. You will know things that you've never known before. The wisdom of God will come to your heart. The knowledge of God, he will reveal to you his kingdom right there in that space. And you will know that you know that you know what to do in that space. I was just came back from Sweden, and I have a dear friend of mine who is, uh, she is really dying of cancer. And when I was praying for her, I said, Christina, what do you want to do? She said, I'm so full of pain and medication. She said, I, I, I don't want you to be upset at me, but I'm losing hope, because people have been praying for her to be healed. She goes, I'm losing hope, but I trust God even on the other side. And I been teaching, Christina, that you are spirit. You have a spirit man and you, have a, and you have a soul. And the Lord dwells in your spirit and the kingdom is in your spirit. The promises are in your spirit. The word is in your spirit. I said, Christina, I said, close your eyes and I want you to see in the spirit. I'm going to pray for you. I want you to see in the spirit. And I prayed for her and, I, and she said, I said, what do you see? And she said, I see this house full of women and you're preaching. And I see this house full of, full of women because we have to encourage them in Sweden, Paige. Yeah. They have to know that God is real. I said, what else do you see, Christina? She goes, I wanna go to Greece. I wanna go to Greece with my family one more time because I went there for the refugees when there was the biggest crisis in Europe and I wanted to see that refugee camp one more time. And I said, all right, I said, let's pray for that. The doctors told her that she wouldn't make it past July. I went over there to see her pretty much to say goodbye. In September, I went back and I was standing in her house and we had a house full of women and I was preaching. And my husband was my interpreter, and she got up with her walker, 30 pounds thinner, and she got up with her walker, and she looked at that audience and she said, let me pray for you. She goes, God is able to do far exceeding exceeding all that we ask. And she said, and Paige came all the way from the United States to share how good God is. And we prayed and we had a fantastic meeting. And I went to her and I said, how was Greece? Because she went to Greece with her family. She had just got back from Greece. She said, I made it on the plane. I went through everything. She said, I said, you're living in the supernatural right now, aren't you? You've gone beyond the flesh and you allowed the kingdom of God to take you into those places and spaces of your dreams. I said, so, I said, we don't know what's gonna happen. I said, but all I know, Christina, I said, you're just gonna keep on living. Even if you pass, you're gonna just keep on living. Come on, someone give the Lord a big shout. Come on, it's worth it. It's worth it. Let's all stand, it's worth it. Come on, give the Lord a big, big clap. Thank you, Father. Thanks for listening to the Congregation Podcast. For more information about the congregation, including gathering times, locations, and how you can give and support the community, check us out online at www.congregationchurch.com.